Hi there, it's Ed here with a short message before we start the pod this week. Did you know that our most informed investors get insights, articles and investment ideas from Tom, me and the team sent directly to them via email and it is completely free. You can join them. Just subscribe at fidelity.co.uk slash newsletters. In this week's market update, all eyes are on earnings season as stocks and bonds part company. The good news for investors is that despite a wobble at the end of last week, shares are holding on to their gains so far this year. In fact, the equally weighted S&P 500 index is close to breaking out of the sideways trading range it's been sat in for around a year now. This is a better measure of the overall health of the US stock market because it gives equal weight to the smallest stocks in the index and the largest ones like Apple and Microsoft. The main index that most investors watch closely is skewed towards the performance of the biggest companies and so can look stronger than it really is when these are doing well, as they have been recently. The less good news for investors is that shares look more and more disconnected from other financial assets, notably bonds, which continue to suffer from persistently higher interest rate expectations. The key measure here is the gap that's opening up between nominal bond yields and the expected inflation rate. This so-called real yield is getting higher and higher, and this means that financial conditions are getting more and more unfavourable. It points to trouble ahead. The gap between the 10-year Treasury yield, which is now just over 4%, and the inflation break-even rate is now nearly 2%. Throughout most of the pandemic period, when interest rates were slashed and inflation expectations were rising, this real rate was actually negative. Negative rates is how central banks stimulate the economy. Positive rates is how they slam the brakes on. One of the best indicators of what's happening with this stimulation contraction pendulum is the gold price. That's because gold does well when real rates are negative. Because gold pays no income, the effective cost of holding it rather than an asset with a yield is greater when real rates are positive. So unsurprisingly, the gold price has fallen from a recent peak of $2,063 an ounce to the current level just under 1900 Rising bond yields are having a negative impact in areas like the mortgage market, which have a direct knock-on influence on the real economy, which might normally be expected to affect share prices. So, the continuing strength of stocks is a bit of a puzzle. One explanation is that the economy may be less interest rate sensitive than everyone thought. If that's the case, then perhaps what look like restrictive interest rates may actually be a little less constraining than they appear. This is both good and bad news. It's good news because it may mean that the recession, which we all expected to be triggered by rising rates, may not actually happen. We may get the soft landing which we all hoped for, and which seemed increasingly unlikely as interest rates rose over the last 18 months or so. The glass half-empty version of this narrative is that central banks like the Fed and the Bank of England will still tighten until they've got on top of inflation, but they'll simply have to go a bit further to achieve their goal. This is why the forecast of where interest rates end up in this tightening cycle keeps being pushed higher and further out. Here in the UK, it's now generally accepted that interest rates could go as high as 6.5% or even 7%. The consensus is still 5.75%, but even that is much higher than we thought just a few months or even weeks ago. 
There are many reasons why the economy might be less sensitive to interest rates, but a key one is the prevalence of fixed rate mortgages, which mean that rises in interest rates impact fewer people as the majority don't see a change in the amount they pay each month until their loan rolls over after two or five years. A related factor is that more ageing baby boomers have now paid off their mortgages. For them, rising rates may actually be a positive because they push savings rates higher. The job of the central bank is even more difficult today than it has ever been. So this partially explains why we're seeing a disconnect between bonds and shares. Bonds are suffering because yields, which move in the opposite direction to price, are continuing to go up. This makes bonds look ever more attractive to new investors, even though in the short term it's painful for the holders of bonds. Shares, on the other hand, are riding high because recession risks seem to be falling, jobs are being created and unemployment remains low, even if actually the reckoning is just being pushed back. The net result of all this is that stock market valuations have risen more than expected. From around 15 times expected earnings, they now stand at roughly 19 times. On the basis of the change in the bond yields, they should probably have fallen to 12 or 13, which gives an indication of the scale of the disconnect. And what this means also is that the pressure is increasingly on corporate earnings to continue beating expectations to justify those higher valuations. With the big banks kicking off second quarter earnings season at the end of this week, we'll shortly see whether they're going to deliver or not. Currently, the expectation is that earnings will be 9% down on a year ago. But that was the case three months ago too, and first quarter earnings ended up being just 3% down. Something similar this time round would provide a tailwind to shares because it would suggest that expectations of a big rally in earnings next year are still realistic. For the banks, which are the first out of the blocks this week, it's a mixed bag of influences. On the one hand, rising interest rates are good news because they allow the banks to make more money in the gap between what they can earn on their reserves and the amount that they're obliged to pay out to depositors. This net interest margin is a key driver of profits in the sector. The counterpoint to this good news story is that rising interest rates are also expected to lead to rising bad loan provisions at the banks. In particular, the real estate sector looks vulnerable in the US, where the pandemic work from home culture has been notably difficult to reverse. People are just not going back to the office in the way that they are here in the UK and in Europe. Beneath the surface, another disconnect is still in evidence, and that's between the performance of the biggest stocks and the rest of the market. And there are strong echoes of the early 1970s when the so-called Nifty 50 stocks attracted investors' focus and drove money into a small handful of shares, which became very highly valued compared to others. Investors wanted the security of earnings that the biggest shares seemed to provide in an uncertain environment. Think Vietnam and high inflation. At the most extreme, the biggest shares were valued at twice as much on average as the rest of the market. Well, we're not there yet this time, so maybe the rally by big tech stocks, which has seen Nasdaq soar this year, has further to go. It would be ironic if the stock market continues to rise, even as interest rates push higher, only to reach a new peak just as the long-delayed recession finally arrives. 
ironic, but not impossible. And one of the reasons why trying to time the market on the basis of economic and valuation fundamentals is so hard and so risky. Please be aware the value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, so you may not get back what you invest. This information does not constitute investment advice and should not be used as the basis for any investment decision, nor should it be treated as a recommendation for any investment. Investors should also note that the views expressed may longer be current and may have already been acted upon. Reference to specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Fidelity Personal Investing does not give personal recommendations. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to an authorised financial advisor. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. It is meant for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on Fidelity or the recipient. Issued by Financial Administration Services Limited, authorised and regulated in the UK by the Financial Conduct Authority. Fidelity, Fidelity International, the Fidelity International logo and F symbol are trademarks of FIL Limited.